When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly, with Faker Others, and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot, Um. and finds the net! On TalkSport 2. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. It's a new season, but some things don't change, at least for England anyway. The winning streak continues, and they book their ticket to the 2023 Women's World Cup after a 2-0 victory over Austria. Austria nil, England won. It's taken just six minutes for the European champions to get in front. The Lionesses' unbeaten streak under Serena Wiegmann extends to 21 games and now they're back in England with a homecoming fixture in Stoke on Tuesday night. 30,000 people coming to watch us after winning the Euros and yeah, we just want to put on a, a good show for them and an exciting game and kind of a thank you to the fans who supported us throughout. The question is, who will England and current Manchester City midfielder Kira Walsh be playing for by the time the Barclays Women's Super League kicks off this weekend? We'll be bringing you two live commentaries across the TalkSport network. Well, Kira's got for goal from distance! She's caught up the goalkeeper! It's another sensational goal from Sam Kerr! It's surely Chelsea's league title now! We'll also be previewing the return of the Barclays WSL and looking ahead to England's game against Luxembourg on Tuesday, as well as discussing all things referee-related. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. Hi, I'm Leah Williamson from Arsenal Women, and you can follow the WSL on TalkSport 2. Oh, hello, hello, you lovely lot. It's been a while. Has anything happened? Anything significant in the world of, of women's football? Not entirely, entirely sure. I'm sure you joined us here across the Talk Sport Network for the Lionesses amazing journey to being European champions. What an incredible summer of football it was indeed. And we're back to bring you all of the domestic action across TalkSport 2 and TalkSport, our main station as well across the season. Very excited about it. To dissect everything on our preview show, it's a very warm welcome. We haven't seen her for a little while. Aoife Mannion, Manchester United defender. Pleasure to see you. How are you? Hello. Thank you for having me back on. I'm good. I'm good. Um been a little while since I was last on so really looking forward to chewing the fat again and just getting into things all things women's football I know listen there's 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 no turnaround whatsoever really is there it's super fast but let's talk about your summer how how was watching uh, the Euros from your point of view 
in some ways it just feels like yesterday doesn't it and then in other ways I can't believe that we're nearly at the opening of, of the new season so wow like football actually came home uh, <laughs> it just feels crazy so the summer was obviously amazing for everyone that, that was uh, following the football and I think even people that wouldn't usually follow it see everyone seemed to really get the bug for it so that was great I think that kind of it fit yeah it feels like a little while ago now and all of our attention has sort of turned back towards the domestic season. Obviously, um, our Lionesses at United have been away for a little bit and all of the internationals as well. So the last few weeks have been a little bit hodgepodge. So I'm sure most of, of, of the teams in the WSL have a sort of similar experience with World Cup qualifiers and whatnot. Um, but just a really, really exciting time to be t- to be part of women's football. It is, and I bet you're itching to properly get back on the pitch as well. You obviously suffered that devastating ACL injury. How are you? I hear that you have set foot back on the turf again. How's the recovery process going? It's going well so far. I'm about six months along and I'm starting to get the itch. I said to the physio the other day, like I'm beginning to feel impatient, which is always a really good sign. Physios kind of want us to be a bit of a handful because it means that we're confident. But they also want to be able to sort of set the boundaries and the intention of, of what the return to play framework looks like. So I'm, I'm just starting to sort of want to push things along a little bit. I'm, I'm doing lots of bits on the pitch now. Gosh, it's really came on actually since, since I was last on. I'm running, I'm cutting, I'm turning, I'm passing. Um, and really the next phase is to do all of the unpredictable movements. So all of the things that you'd, you'd expect to do in, in a match. So reactions. Um, turns, you know, at the drop of a hat. I've done everything predictable. Tick that box, and then this the next little box for another few weeks, and then another few weeks to really push it, fitness and everything, and then slowly I'll integrate back into the team and just be released into the world again, or at least that's the hope. Amazing. Oh, we're, we're itching to see you back on the pitch as well, and of course, exciting times for for Manchester United this season as well, along with many of the WSL teams it's going to be fantastic but we need to focus on internationals for now because although pre-season has started as you said earlier we we did have um, women's world cup qualifiers as well and they're still going on of course and as you also mentioned it came home in the summer and uh, the European champions England secured their place at the 2023 women's world cup on Saturday after that 2-0 victory over Austria in Vienna three changes from the team that that played in the final all um, enforced bar one Ellen White retired of course so Alessia Russo started in her place Frank Kirby was injured so Ella Toon started in the the number 10 role and then Alex Greenwood came in at left back over Rachel Daly it didn't take your teammate Alessia Russo particularly long to uh, let us all know that whether she comes on as an impact uh, sub or a starter she knows where the back of goal is seven minutes incredible <laughs> exactly and, and that Alex Greenwood sort of left-footed cross such trademark her um, and a proper co- poacher's goal really from Lessie I think we'd all seen her thrive at the Euros and she came on as an impact sub, like you say. And I think the worry was was that maybe she would pigeon herself as an impact sub. So for her to start the game, along with Tooney, you know, one of our other United girls, obviously Mary as well, for her to start the game and then to get a goal, you know, in proper number nine fashion, um, I think it will really give her confidence and really remind her that, you know, she can be you know, a full game player. She can start and she can sort of, hit the ground running from from minute one really yeah well you say 
the three of you. There's four now because Nikita Paris was also on the score sheet and, of course, made uh, a summer move to Manchester United from Arsenal. It didn't really go particularly well for her, did it, at, at Arsenal? And it's fair to say, I think, I think Nikita would 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 um, uh, also agree with this that she's had a, a kind of stuttering a stuttering few years since the World Cup in 2019. And in fact, she got that brilliant goal in the 69th minute against Austria, which was her first since the the 2019 uh, World Cup for England. And uh, what a player we know she can be. What what are you expecting from her this season? And how impressed were you uh, with her contribution on Saturday? I was impressed, but I wasn't surprised. So obviously you've mentioned that she didn't get loads of minutes at, at Arsenal and before that she'd been at Lyon and we, we can say that that's the most competitive team in the world. For her to, so for her to not get loads of minutes there either, it's no slight on her and it says nothing about the, the quality and calibre of, of her as a player. Now before that, we remember her in the WSL absolutely thriving at City and so I think that she, she will want to reignite um, that form that she had when she was last in the WSL before she moved to Leon. Um, it was really pleasing to see her get that goal. I must say I was really happy that United dominate, dominated the score sheet, obviously with Lessie and then Nikita. Um, kudos as well to Georgia Stanway getting both of the assists. I think that Nikita is, is going to feel like she could be rejuvenated this year. I think that's, that's what her intentions will be. With the few weeks that she has been in pre-season, you wouldn't know that it hadn't, hadn't necessarily clicked for her in the past couple of years. So, you know, she, she's got an air about her that she knows what she's about. She's not necessarily got anything to prove to anyone. People appreciate her quality. And I just really hope that, one, it clicks for her, and two, that she feels really rejuvenated this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mentioned I'd gone up to St George's Park. I watched Match Day Minus One training uh, and also had a chat with England head coach Serena Wiegmann and midfielder Kira Walsh, who, of course, put in a player of the match performance against Austria on Saturday. I mean, it's fair to say after September's 10-0 thrashing that England are expected to beat Luxembourg, perhaps. Um, but Serena Wiegmann also hoping that her side are going to have the intensity that will also entertain the home crowd on Tuesday too. I think the players do that really well themselves and yes we support them we just talk about it uh, but what you see in this in this group is that we played Saturday we played this game it was a pretty tough game win 2-0 then we go train with the finishers and the intensity of that training the willingness to do well the energy that's in that training and the level is so good and that's incredible with this group that's that's the norm that this group set set and uh, I, I told them that's the norm. It's not uh, everywhere normal, uh, but for us it's, it's it's a standard, and we want to always do well. So I expect tomorrow too, when we go on a pitch and have thirty thousand people, and we can play a game, we want to win that game and we want to play well. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fascinating actually the next few months because there are going to be a lot of players really forcing Serena Wiegmann's hand. We know that she likes to start with a, a regular 11. However, she did suggest in the press conference earlier on that there will be changes and she'll give opportunities to players, which I think actually is, re- is really important. She talked a lot about um, filling the, the, the void that the likes of, of Jill Scott and Ellen White will, will leave and said that a lot of other players had stepped up, obviously, during the Euros and then other players will then, 
you know, step a bit further up. Uh, now those gaps are there as well, which is, as you say, very exciting. Uh, one player who certainly uh, grabbed the ball by the horns under Serena Wiegmann is Manchester City midfielder Kira Walsh. She could actually get her 50th cap um, if she takes to the field in Stoke on Tuesday night, which we're expecting her to because actually, um, you know, she was on the top table today for the press conference and that usually uh, signals that uh, the player will start. Um, I actually spoke to her as well and it was really fascinating listening to her about the impact that Serena Wiegmann has had on her game. I think it's hard to kind of put into words. It's kind of just the atmosphere she's created and um, I don't think it's just her. I think it's the rest of the backroom staff as well. You know, they play an important part. Um, but I think it's just the calmness and the confidence. You know, it's not arrogance. It's not talking about winning all the time, but it's confidence in our ability and our ability to play a good style of football. And I think that's what she wants more than anything is for us to entertain the fans and, and to play an exciting game. And I think that's what a lot of us really relish uh, Yeah, in playing. Interesting, actually. She, she said additionally uh, to that that she personally has loved her role under Serena Wiegmann and has perhaps had a little bit more freedom to make passes that she wouldn't necessarily have made under previous managers, uh, which I thought was quite interesting. She's been given a, a different kind of license to, to roam around um, and, and make a forward pass, as she described it, rather than maybe settling, going back, you know, keeping keeping the ball, keeping possession. And, and we saw some of the passes that she made during, during the Euros. She's really cemented her place as a very important, if not the key player in, in this Lionesses side, when perhaps she'd gone under the radar before. People are finally uh, realising what an incredible player she is. However, will she be a Manchester City player, Aoife? That is the question, because I did ask her that question, um, as did somebody <laughs> in the press conference, and she did give the stock answer of, I'm just concentrating on England at the moment. And actually, <laughs> that tends to lean towards perhaps she will be moving because she didn't say I'm a Manchester City player and I love Manchester City which you might have expected her to to do she was very coy uh, what do you think she's going to do and what's what's best for her do you think from a from, from your personal point of view I don't know what she's going to do I really don't know what she's going to do I don't know what the context is um I don't know how she feels I don't know what's best for her because I don't know what she wants so really, my commentary is is the same as the rest of us. It's as a fan of Kira. Um, it's an it's as an avid follower and also a player of the of the women's Super League. I think that what we can all agree on is that if there is a Manchester City that doesn't have Kira as that number six, it will be a completely new look and a new era, Manchester City. I don't think, in my opinion, that there's any other player that you can equate to. Manchester City more than you can Kira Walsh I think that in previous years particularly under Nick Cushing she has been the heartbeat of that team in fact I'd, I'd almost go as far to say as I don't think that there's any other player in any team that has been like as much of a symbol or representative for what their team is about than Kira Walsh at, at City um, potentially in, in recent years, maybe you might think me, Damara at Arsenal, but but really, like Kieran City, it feels like two peas in a pod. She's a massive City fan herself, so she'll be taking these this decision, if it is a decision, really, really seriously. Um, and I hope that whatever happens, it, it is the best for her. 
Yeah, I'm sure it will be. She's uh, She's got good people behind her, Kira Walsh. And in fact, all of her friends and family are going to be at um, the Bet365 Stadium on Tuesday night watching her walk out for her 50th cap. I will be bringing you in-game reports from there as well. England against Luxembourg during Around the Grounds with Adrian Durham on Talk Sport. A little bit of a celebratory homecoming after World Cup qualification and, of course... Just that little bit of silverware that the Lionesses, sorry, the European champions, lifted in the summer. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Rothers. Manchester United defender Aoife Mannion's with me as well. Coming up, we're going to look ahead to the start of the Barclays Women's Super League season. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Others. Manchester United's Aoife Mannion is with me today as well. A reminder, as always, you've missed me saying this, haven't you? Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so you can just go ahead and download it today. Now then, we may not have been on air, but the Women's Football Weekly team have been hard at work in the Women's Super League media days ahead of the start of the new season. Uh, Produce Flow, the wonderful producer Flow, was at League Holders Chelsea's training ground in Cobham, chatting to some of their star names, including Frank Kirby. But first, let's hear part of her conversation with young talent Lauren James. She was such a talked-about signing when she arrived in the summer of 2021-22, and she's had to be patient, but she's raring to go back in the England squad to boot and making her debut against Austria. She told Flo how much her manager Emma Hayes has been supporting her. Yes, she's been brilliant with me. You know, she hasn't forced anything. She's been patient, um, just let me build gradually, slowly, um, which has helped because obviously she wants me for the long run and not just to crash everything into a short space of time, which is annoying at the time, but it's starting to show now like that patience the whole of last year's starting to pay off. How frustrating was it last season, though, when you felt like you were ready and you were getting a few substitute appearances, but you, were you kind of itching, waiting to get on the pitch? Yeah, it was frustrating, but at the same time, my head thought I was ready, but my body wasn't. I still had a lot of niggles, and, yeah, I just had a few injuries that was coming, going, something else. But, yeah, I feel I'm healthy again now, so... I'm looking forward to this year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of her, Aoife. Obviously, you played with her at Manchester United. How much of a talent is she? Lauren James is a massive, massive talent. Um, it was a big move for her to, to go to Chelsea. Uh, obviously, previous, previously, she was at United. I, I wasn't quite there at that, at that time. Uh, no one can deny how, how, how good of a player she is um, and how much potential she has. She hasn't had loads of minutes at Chelsea, uh, as was alluded to in that interview. So I think she'll, I think she'll be getting itchy. I think she'll want to be playing a bit more this year. As the that interview was playing out, I was googling what age she is because in my head I sort of saw her the same as Leslie Russo. But actually, she's a bit younger. She's twenty years old. So, like she said, uh, she, she's trying to do things patiently, bide her time. You know, get up to the speed, soak everything, learn everything that she can from the players around her. But also she will know that she is sort of lioness pedigree. So she will want to be, you know, getting on that school sheet, being talked about at the games, because that's what all forwards want. And on the flip side, all of us defenders want, want, want to be the ones that are stopping the goals. So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how it shapes up. That team is so competitive. To my knowledge, Chelsea haven't made any massive forward signings. You might be able to tell me otherwise. We've obviously signed two defenders um, in particular. So 
Yeah, is there going to be an opening for her? I don't know. Um, we shall see. We shall, we shall see. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be her year. I mean, she's already made history, hasn't she? Uh, her and her brother, Rhys James, have become the first brother and sister pairing to, to set foot uh, for England, which is pretty incredible. Lovely pictures of them across the media uh, this week. And Rhys has always been a massive supporter of his sister as well. I've spoken to him about her on, on, on many occasions. And uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to this hopefully being a breakthrough season. And as you say, she's 20 years old. It just feels as if she's been around for such a long time because she is such an amazing, amazing talent. Uh, Another amazing talent uh, who we were graced and so lucky to see again uh, play in an England shirt when we weren't necessarily expecting that, of course, is Fran Kirby. She was a key player in the end. Uh, for England over the summer. She's had to be left out of the latest England squad, though, because of injury. But she told producer Flo that she will be ready to go in Chelsea's opener against West Ham and that the Champions League is a key target for the Blues this season. For me, I want to win trophies. You know, of course, I, I want to sit here and say that I want to win the Champions League and I've said that all along, but ultimately I want to win trophies with this team. And for me, obviously, the Champions League now is the one that we don't have. And the one that we're going to be really, really trying for. But, you know, obviously I was part of the team that got to the final and I was absolutely devastated and I was really, really down about it because, you know, obviously you don't get a chance to play in a final of Champions League often. Um, but the more I look back on it now, I'm like, I'm really proud that we got there and we achieved what we did. Um, so for me now, the Champions League is the one that we want to get and I would love nothing more to do it than with an English club and with Chelsea um, just because I've been here for so long and to be able to do it with, you know, a country that you're from, you know, it gives me, you know, really big motivation. So hopefully we can do that. But for me, winning trophies regardless is the most important thing. It's quite crucial, isn't it, Aoife, that Chelsea really make a mark in the Champions League. They've had disappointment the last two seasons and it's a trophy that Emma Hayes is desperate to get her hands on. Absolutely. As, as Fran said in that interview, they want to win and all that's left to win, it feels, is the Champions League for them. I think it's notable that they've signed in particular two experienced defenders, Kadisha Buchanan from Lyon, who has a, been a Ballon d'Or nominee in the past, um, and also, I hope I'm saying this name right, it's the first time I've said it out loud, um, Perisic as well from, from Bordeaux, again, 27 years old. The reason that I make a point about the age being a, perhaps a little bit more mature is because I think Summer City signs mm. have been very young. So I think that probably the, the mindset of the signers at Chelsea has been right. We need a little bit more potentially more experience, more maturity, just to nudge us over that line. Um, and that's what it seems, you know, it's quite clear that, that that's what they're going for. Fran is, you know, not shying away from the fact that they're going for the Champions League. That's what they're going for. Um, they want to win trophies. And so I, I, it will be interesting to see. We've got live commentary, by the way, from Stamford Bridge. Should be some atmosphere for Chelsea against West Ham. It's going to be on Talk Sport, as I say, this Sunday kickoff at 12.30. Now then, Arsenal missed out by just a point Uh, they finished behind Chelsea last season and our reporter Bradley Hayden was at London Colney chatting to Jordan Nobbs and Kim Little. Uh, Bradley started by asking Jordan about what it was like having to watch yet another major tournament on the sidelines this summer. First and foremost there was no guaranteed I was going to be selected. I think the hardest thing was not being fit to be in them camps leading up to it to at least give myself the best opportunity to get in but 
Um, yeah, it's actually my third tournament, I think, injured. So, it's yeah, it's it comes with football and I've just got to deal with that. But I've, I've dealt with setbacks before and, um, you know, I went to the games because I want to show that I'm fully behind whether you start on the bench, you know, a part of that team, you know what the girls go through week in, week out and how hard they work and, you know we're all a, a big team with that you know obviously I've been to a major tournament and, and that was great but um, yeah mine's just been really bad timing and I think mentally I have gone through some really tough moments um, you know it's kind of that like oh my god is it happening again um, and probably this one I definitely took some time away from football because you know my mental health is, is important and I needed some, some break away but you know that love for football and you know, wearing an Arsenal shirt or an England shirt, it always drives me back and that's my motivation every single time. Ify, you know what it's like having to watch from the sidelines. Really tough for Jordan, but especially because she's had to do it at major tournaments twice now. Uh, what can we expect from her this season, though? It is really tough. I think that potentially the only benefit to her will have been from maybe not being emotionally and physically fatigued from being involved in the tournament. That said, it will probably have felt really mixed watching it she should have and could have been there had it not been for, for another injury. She's had this experience before, so it will feel like deja vu most likely. It might feel like, why always me? Why is this happening to me? So I, I really sympathise with her. I think it's a difficult position to be in. I think she will want to get fit. I think she will want to be playing and sort of get getting back into the things that she's really good at. Uh, which is getting about all over the pitch and also scoring some of those worldly long-range goals. Whenever we play Arsenal, or whatever team I've been at, when we play Arsenal, we always say, do not give her any time on the ball. So I hope for her individually, she's able to you know, feel confident and back herself. I hope for me, playing on whatever team uh, against her, that she has a, a total off day, of course. But I wanted to be fit, I wanted to be healthy. Uh, yeah, that's what absolutely. she deserves. Um, Arsenal captain Kim Little, fresh from her lone stint at OL Reign. Uh, she spoke to Bradley as well and said her target's firmly set on winning the WSL after just missing out last season. Our aim is to win um, and to win all, all the trophies. And um, we know it doesn't just happen like that, you know, with a click of the finger. So we need to, to make sure that this year we're, you know, more consistent than we were last year, that we're... Um, yeah, on the ball and our sharpest and best, you know, every game so that we can we can get to the point at the end of the season where we're at the top. It's getting tighter and tighter at the top, isn't it, Aoife? Uh, what are Arsenal's chances uh, this season? Jonas Eideveld did a fantastic job last season, I thought, and they were very unlucky to, to miss out um, to, to Chelsea, who were the stronger side across the season. But it's going to be a real battle, isn't it? It will be a massive battle for for you know, every team fighting for the top and we hope at United that we're going to be you know, right in there with everyone. Uh, Arsenal were pipped by a point. Chelsea got 56 points, Arsenal 55. So they will know that that is the next step for them. Notable that, you know, when the Chelsea girls did their interviews, they're, they're looking one step beyond. They're, they're looking at Champions League and obviously Kim Little for them, they're, they're looking at the WSL. So the sort of levels based on what teams have already experienced Arsenal will be determined. That's what they're going for. They'll have to look ahead of them at, at Chelsea, as it currently stood last year. But they'll also have to look behind them. And we hope that Man United, we're coming right up on the flank based on our signings. We hope that we're going to have built on last year. And then you can't mention us, Arsenal and Chelsea, without talking about City as well. They're, they're right in the mix 
Um, they were third place last year. A few more points behind Chelsea and Arsenal, and then we were just right on the heels. So I think it's going to be really exciting. Um, and I hope that they all have a terrible season apart from United. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we don't have bias on this. But, all right, maybe sometimes we do. <laughs> um, however, Arsenal's opening match... It's only against Manchester City. Uh, it's Sunday at 7pm. That fixture is live on Sky Sports. What an opener uh, that is. Uh, Gareth Taylor going up against Jonas Eideval. And uh, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. But as we know from last season, uh, everything can get turned on its head. So even if either one of those sides were to go on and, and drop points, it doesn't mean that they couldn't end up being victorious come the end of the season, as we saw last year. Uh, right, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 with Baker Ruthers. Uh, Man- Manchester United's Aoife Mannion is with me as well, and it's her camp and teammates that we're going to be hearing from next. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Rothers. Alongside me tonight, Aoife Mannion is with me. Don't forget, if you miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so you can just go ahead and download it today. Uh, Now then, we mentioned that it's going to be tight at the top of the WSL uh, this season. Let's discuss Aoife's Manchester United, who are going to be hoping to secure European football this season. How far off that target do you, do you think you are, Aoife? 
I think we're at a step, you know, that's the next step. Two years on the trot, we've finished fourth place. Top three is Champions League spot. So what we're looking at is just doing one better than what we did last year. Now, the difference between us and, and City last year was five points. So, you know, we need to get a little bit better. All things staying the same, which they won't because every season is going to be completely different. So we've got our eyes on that, but we know that we have to take every de- game as it comes out. And the only reason I say that, I know it sounds really cliche, but at crucial moments in the season last year, there was games where we would have went as far to say, right, we think we think we've got more than it takes to, to win this game and maybe get the three points. And then we just weren't quite able to convert it um, against some of the sort of teams that ended up finishing much lower than us. So, so we need to not, not get, you know, sort of focused on sort of too far away or the overall agenda. We need to be looking at every game and winning because I think that's what the, the teams like Chelsea that are winning week in, week out. I think that's what they do really well. And that's where we need to challenge. Um, Talk Sports Manchester correspondent Mickey Gray uh, spoke to some of the United squad before the start of the season, including two of the victorious Lionesses in Mary Earps and Nikita Paris. Uh, Earps's game, as we know, has evolved so much after the past year. She's become a key part of, uh, of the England team and in their success this summer as well. And Mickey asked England's number one about the influence of David De Gea at Manchester United and how he's been supporting her. Me and David exchange messages every now and again, um, mostly just about like you know clean sheets and normal mm. goalkeeper things. You know I see him around training and, and we'll catch up quickly. Um, obviously we've both got very hectic schedules, but it's really nice to have that interaction and we're both I think you know supportive of one another. And um, he texted me a few times in the tournament, just saying you know well done keep going mm. even though you know when we played Spain I think he would have liked to have seen Spain win but um, <laughs> sorry not sorry David and um, yeah so it is nice to have those connections and to be honest with you I think there's been a lot of supportive people who've sent really lovely messages you know um, not just like the United staff here or the, the goalkeeper coaches here I know there was a few messages from the players but also like the England uh, goalkeeper coach for the, for them on the men's side Marge like I bumped into him a few times at St George's Park and he sent me a really nice message um, at the at the end of the tournament as well so all those things and people that you meet and uh, yeah conversations you can have it's just it's just lovely it's lovely to have mm. that support yeah absolutely and and uh, important for for Manchester United I think that you know they continue to to push the one club mentality because as we've seen that that can only uh, bring success a lot of the time um Nikita Paris also looks very energized by her new move already as we discussed in in, in the first part of the show uh, she also spoke to Mickey and said she actually has felt the pressure of being at a new club one million percent. I think the, these last five training sessions, I think I've thought more about football than I ever have. I think because you feel that pressure, you want to, you know, make sure your touch is right, make sure your your application and training's right, whether that's on the ball or off the ball, because there's all eyes on you for these first couple of weeks, you know that. Yeah, it feels as if she's going to have all eyes on her and a little bit of pressure, Aoife, doesn't it? Because there are such big expectations uh, of her, as we discussed earlier on. But I think she's the type of player who's going to take that in her stride and not necessarily where she may have done in the past, let it affect her. I didn't realise that she that she felt pressure, actually. So she's good at masking it if she does. Um, I think she's at an age and a level in her career where she has some level of control over what pressure she places on her. Um, I don't. I don't think that she will be crushed by the pressure in the way that maybe some younger players might. I think that 
it can be overwhelming in and of itself just to be a player at Manchester United. It has, for me, the biggest fan base in the whole league. So the most ex- expectation and the most pressure and, and the sort of the mantle that's passed on to the pressure to, onto the players is that we have to be able to appreciate and acknowledge that, but also not feel crushed by it. So, you know, I, I, do, I think Nikita will be fine because she's that sort of mentality. She, she knows what she's about. But it was, it was interesting to hear her say, actually, that she was sort of watching over her touches and kind of, you know, looking over her shoulder a little bit. And, you know, there's all eyes on you. Um, and that, that is actual, like, facts in sort of a literal sense so from the players and whatever. But also we have a really, we have lots of eyes on us in terms of, you know, relating to social media and sort of, having social content uh, produced and, and that that's something that I think in a different league a lower league it's just not the case so every touch needs to be good because there's always eyes on you and obviously at Lee with you know I would say the biggest home attendances on average across the league there's just you, you know you can't there's nowhere to make mistakes in, in, in private really uh, which is unfortunate when you do um, so there's high expectations I think she'll wear it fine it's what we all wanted though wasn't it and you know w- with the success of of the summer as well that is going to bring more external eyes on, on women's football as well and with it the pressures that come uh, which can be very difficult but I have no doubt that players like Nikita Paris will We'll be able to deal with that quite easily. Let's talk about Manchester City. We touched on the fact that there's been a bit of an exodus uh, out of the club this summer. Lucy Bronze went to Barcelona. Caroline Weir to Real Madrid. Ellen White and Jill Scott retired. Georgia Stanway went to Bayern Munich. Karen Barsley retired as well. And of course, they could also lose Kira Walsh before the window shuts, with Barcelona apparently working really hard to try and get her. Um, They have brought in some names but they were knocked out of the Champions League by Real Madrid yet again. So Gareth Taylor's going to have a bit of a transitional season, perhaps, on, on his hands. They have brought in Leila Uiabi from Barcelona, Laia Alexandri as well from Atletico Madrid, Mary Fowler from Montpellier, and we already knew about Sandy McKeever from, from Everton. Uh, but it feels as if... I mean, you said never write them off, but it already feels as if there are doubts about this city side before we've even kicked a ball this season, Aoife. I think it's the unknown. It's the unknown in terms of you've reeled off players that have left. That's a lot of players and not even just the quality. And we know that, well, everyone involved at that team is obviously very high quality anyway. So players that are leaving are very high quality, but also the personalities like Karen Bardsley, Jill Scott. These are massive personalities that have, sort of moulded the feel internally of that team since, you know, their inception back in 2014. So it, it potentially it will be a trans, transitional year. That's not how they'll be um, thinking about it. They'll be thinking back to business. We got third last year. We need to get higher this year. Um, it, I, I don't really know what to say. It, it's kind of a new one. When you look at the teams around them, Chelsea, Arsenal it seems for them that there's been more of a base and it's sort of about adding a couple of players this will be quite different there's lots of European players now I think to be fair even the fact that it's European players because a lot of women's followers in England just primarily follow follow the women's super league I think that makes it more of an unknown which you know I, I would say avid followers of the men's game are more used to following players from European teams so even that element has has potentially made it a little bit less clear for fans to understand where City might might be at this year um, as we've seen last year never yeah. ever write them off 
Yeah, absolutely. And of course, Liverpool back in the WSL after they secured uh, promotion under Matt Beard. It's going to be fantastic to, to see them back. But I wonder what they can do. They have made some statement signings. Shanice van der Sanden, uh, an incredible one. Jilly Flaherty as well. Um, Emma Cuevisto. Um, do you think they're going to have enough to stay away from a relegation battle? I think that Matt Beard is a sort of a cool customer. He's been in this league before. He knows what it's about. I think he will pitch his team at a level that that he knows they're going to be able to get points and get results. I think when Leicester came up last year, they were very expansive. Definitely in the first part of the season, they were very expansive in how they played. It felt as though they played in the WSL at the first portion of last year, how they would have played in the championship the previous year. I don't think Beardy will, will pitch the team like that. I think that they'll be potentially more used to maybe being a little bit more, you know, narrow and compact in between the ranks, you know, with Shanice van der Sanden as as, an, as more of an outlet rather than, you know, playing more expansive. I don't know. That's what I think. That's how they pitched against us in, in pre-season in one of the games. So I don't think they'll get caught on the hop in terms of where they think they're at in the league. I, I think that Matt Beard will sort of, have, you know, have them well drilled and they'll, they'll know exactly what they're about and that they'll be able to get results. Who's going to struggle for you this season? Well, this is probably the one question that I can't really answer as a player in the league. Who is going to struggle? Um, the only obvious answer is to just look at teams that were in and around the bottom last year. And I'll let you know fans fill that in. I, you know, As a player, I don't want to be sort of saying, oh, this team is going to struggle. I know that I need to do my job helping my team to do well before I'm pointing the finger. But the, the sort of natural thing is to always predict based off last year. So I would just add a very boring, logical um, solution to that. But I'll let people just look into that themselves. Don't you worry, I will do that. That's what I'm here for. Uh, I mean, certainly Leicester kind of, you know, really uh, stayed up by the skin of their teeth, I would say, at the end. And it would be interesting to see what they're going to be able to uh, to do this season in their second season. Um, Aston Villa signing Rachel Daly was a real touch, that that is absolutely incredible. Uh, Reading always seem to be okay, but then they have really strange parts of the season where they struggle a little bit. Same with Brighton, who perhaps were surprising in in many uh, quarters last season, having had a fantastic season before. Um, re- really poor results for Hope Powell's side. So maybe you know she she'll have put in some some good work over the summer to get her team uh, ready as well and Tottenham I think are going to be a real prospect this season actually uh, because Rianne Skinner was doing great things ripping up trees and at the start of the season Tottenham were really pushing uh, the top three which I feel now has become a top four maybe top five you know it's very competitive uh, this season for sure and of course it's been renamed as the Barclays Women's Super League FA has been dropped dot 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 um right also on the Talksport network uh, this week i should really rattle through the the fixtures for you in case you've not seen them shame on you if you haven't uh, but tottenham hotspur women will play manchester united women uh 12:30 kickoff that is on saturday the 10th of september and it's live on Talksport as well over on Talksport 2 actually uh, so you can listen to live commentary of that if you'd like and then on sunday chelsea west ham which will be on Talksport, everton leicester brighton 
Aston Villa, Reading, Liverpool, Manchester City, Arsenal. And of course, Everton were the only team that didn't mention, actually. And they, of course, have been under a bit of a, a resurgence too. And they're going to need to batten down the hatches this season. Uh, hopefully, they're going to have a better season than they did uh, last year, if you're an Everton fan anyway. I'm also going to listen... Uh, I'm also going to put out a little bit of a caveat. We've not had the opportunity to talk about the championship in this show. I'm so sorry. With all the Lionesses stuff, we only have um, less than an hour on Women's Football Weekly every week. But I promise next week we will focus on the championship as well. I know many of you are big fans of championship clubs who listen to this show. So do not panic. We haven't forgotten about you. Uh, you are listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Others. Next up, we're going to speak to Molly Hudson from The Times about her exclusive piece on refereeing in the women's game. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Others, and Manchester United's Aoife Mannion. We are available on podcast as well, don't forget. I always remind you, plenty of places you can download us, but first head to the TalkSport app to find us. You can obviously subscribe elsewhere, of course, as well. Now then, refereeing, officiating, whatever you want to call it, uh, had a big focus last year in the WSL. No surprise, in the Premier League, VAR has been raising its ugly head uh, over the past week as well. Um, We had uh, an interview uh, with the wonderful Bibiana Steinhaus-Webb, who, of course, is the Women's Select Group Director for the professional game Match Officials Limited, also known as PGMOL, if you want to use the acronym. Um, she's an incredible person and really trying to do some fantastic things within the women's game and within officiating within the women's game. And uh, football reporter for The Times, Molly Hudson, had an opportunity to go for an exclusive look at how referees train for the season before we kick everything off on Saturday. How are you doing, Molly? It's been a while. I'm okay, thanks, Faye. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. The last time I saw you, we were celebrating at uh, Box Park after the triumphant Lionesses brought home the silverware. Um, I mean, I don't remember that much about that night, so maybe we should just skip over it instead um, and talk about what you did at Loughborough the other day because me and Aoife are fascinated uh, to know what it was that, that, that you saw because obviously referees in this country get a really bad rep and it's something that the women's game have an opportunity to to rectify and learn from the mistakes of the men's game. It definitely does and I think the fact that I was invited down probably speaks volumes for what the PGMOL are trying to do in terms of really getting across what referees have to go through um, and the, the differences I suppose particularly in women's referees the fact that a lot of them are balancing jobs. Um, obviously, we don't have VAR, thankfully, to uh, discuss. But, you know, undoubtedly, there's still uh, still plenty of spotlight on the officials, particularly with with the broadcast deals. Um, so, yeah, I, I went down to Loughborough and I have to say my my resounding memory of this this Sunday it was a, it was a weekend long camp. And I went down the Sunday is how warm it was, it was like 30 degrees. Those few days of summer that we had. Um and the the referees were put through this sort of grueling fitness test um, out on the AstroTurf, and it was it was it was the kind of day where you're stood out there watching. It's too hot, let alone running. Um, they were doing sprint analysis. Um, so for so so for people that don't know, uh, to to referee in the Women's Super League, you have to be able to sprint 
four times 40 meters in under 6.4 seconds each. Um, and that's a slightly higher bar than it is in the Premier League, which is just under six seconds. But obviously, it's it's like pre-season. As Aoife will know from being a footballer, you have to get in shape after the summer. Um, so they was put through those paces. And then they also did a, a kind of form of the bleep test, essentially, um, that looked particularly unpleasant. Um, and obviously, that was that was just the fitness side of things. This camp featured all kinds of things from psychology workshops to discussion, discussing the visits they're going to have with clubs in the next couple of, well, back then in the next couple of weeks before the season starts. Um, and yeah, I, I was lucky enough to, to be able to speak to some of the officials and, and listen to their stories, really. And and just kind of, I suppose we always see referees, don't we, when when we turn the TV on or when we go to the grounds as, as kind of that one person in the middle, they're just the referee. They don't really have a personality. We just kind of say you're right or you're wrong, and and that's all we do. And I think it was a it was a nice insight to the fact that they're people and actually they're athletes as well. The the real lifestyle they have to live. That's actually really interesting, and that's something that we we can affect. Um, you know, you in the in the paper that you work for, the Times, me on on Talk Sport, and and everybody else as well. It is semantics, but it is very important. A brilliant article, Molly, and, and fascinating. If anybody wants to go and, and read it, just head to uh, Molly's Twitter handle. She's put a post out for it as well. Lovely to see you as always, Mol. You too. Hopefully see you at a game soon. No doubt. Well, this is going out on Monday night, so I'll see you at St. I was about to say St George's Park. I'll see you at Stoke. (laughs) I've been to St George's Park today. Um, Lovely to see you as always. Right, that is it. Thank you, Aoife Mannion. It has been a pleasure to see you. I'm sure we will chat again throughout the season and see how your progress is going. Thanks for having me on again. (laughs) Yeah, I know you never thought we were going to invite you back, did you? No, you were brilliant the first time. We had to get you on again and I'm sure we will again very, very soon. Thank you to Aoife Mannion, Serena Wiegmann, Kira Walsh, all the players from Chelsea, Arsenal and Manchester United, Molly Hudson, the wonderful producer Flo, who will be embarrassed because this is her last show with Women's Football Weekly and I am devastated, devastated to lose her, but she is going on to amazing things in her career and it's definitely not the last you'll hear from her, that is for sure. Uh, Bradley Hayden, our reporter of course, and all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget if you do miss any of the show live, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app or listen back throughout the week. I will We'll be bringing you updates from England Luxembourg tomorrow night. And of course, there'll be live commentary of the WSL's opening weekend across the TalkSport network this week. Next here on TalkSport 2 is the EFL show. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.